welcome to the Unlabeling Effect, where three distinctive women daringly dive into some taboos with the intention to normalize the uncomfortable yet vital conversations. We are ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery with comrades like you. Welcome to the first episode of season three. How exciting! In season two, we talked about the power of mindset. For instance, when there are criticisms and uncertainties springing on you, how do you react or take in the incidents? How do you cope with uncertainties in life? If you haven't listened to them already, you should. And today, we are starting season three, shaping your social self, which is our relationship with the society and our interaction with the external world. Let's commence on this week's episode on the root of self-confidence. Self-confidence is the belief in yourself and your abilities. This can change depending on the situation. It's normal to feel quite confident in some circumstances and less in others. Self-confidence is vital in almost every aspect in our life, yet many people struggle to find them. Self-confident people are generally more positive. They value themselves and trust their judgment. They also acknowledge their failures and mistakes and learn from them, which actually ties back to the concept of growth mindset, which we discussed earlier. Sadly, the vicious cycle is that people who lack self-confidence are less likely to achieve the success that could give them more confidence. Moreover, people with low self-confidence often find it difficult to make a good first impression in society, whether it's a meeting with client, addressing a meeting, or giving a presentation. So, where does our self-confidence come from? What is the root of it? Without further ado, let's dive right in. I'm your host Rita, and with me here today are Melody and Vivian. Hello, girls. Hi. Woohoo! I'm very excited for season three. So to start off, what is self-confidence to you? I think confidence is something between internal and external. So mm. one side, yes, like just now when you said it's your trust in your abilities and capabilities, but it's also the information and ideas that we take in through the world that support a positive perspective about ourselves. So it's constantly between how you see yourself in the society. It really depends on how you take information. My definition is actually a lot simpler. A belief that I know that I have the ability to achieve great things. I think it's like me believing in myself in all kinds of way. So it's more like internal driven.、Mm. But have you ever wondered how does that belief comes from? I would say external factors would contribute to it, but ultimately, is me genuinely believing that I have the capability to achieve what I want to achieve. I could see、um, why Vivian has that definition, but I think my definition here is the belief in your own capability and ability in doing something is actually an outcome of the process that you described. The process of you interacting with the external world and constantly changing or molding your self-confidence—that's the process that actually we will be talking about later. That's actually the root or factor started contributing to different levels of self-confidence that you might hold.、Mm. To start off, can you tell me what are the most confident thing that you do and what are the least? 
I think my confidence in being my true self could be seen at work, for example, because I work with my parents and I work with my uh, one of my siblings. And even though I'm a lot younger in terms of age, I am confident enough that when there are times that I feel like things could be done in a different way, I'm very confident to just tell them what I think. I know that some people would probably have the fear of interrupting someone's... Or voicing up. Or voicing up, yeah. Um, even though I respect people's uh, boundaries and people's behaviors and their way of working, in scenarios like that, I think I, I could definitely see I still present the confident me and just adding a different perspective to the table so that there are more things for other people to consider. Mm-hmm. Could I say that you're confident in your true self and the courage to speak up also conveys that you're pretty confident in your insights? Not necessarily. I'm very new to the industry. So I think speaking of experience, they definitely have more experience than me. But my perspective or my opinion is just from what I've observed and based on what I know of. And I think you can definitely see that some people are least confident in voicing up because they have fear in some sort of way. Yeah, or rejections. Whereas I'm not really... um, fear of that especially because of the environment that I'm in I think it's like that I know I could be very honest but obviously self-confident varies depends on the situation so for example if I'm in a room with a lot of experienced people in a certain field or industry or Mm. topic then I think you kind of have a sense that you can read the environment and know whether you have enough knowledge to voice up though I guess like especially when you're working with your family like of course it's more like a come you're more comfortable. Like imagine if you're new in an an industry and then they're all like board of directors, 40, 50 years old, Mm -hmm. you might not feel as confident in that situation. Exactly. But I just think it's like, I know the attitude that I have is that I honestly try to be as real and true to Mm -hmm. myself. Mm. And that gives me more confidence. I think some people have the fear of not speaking up is because they have the fear of asking stupid question or how the society perceive them. That's why even they might be true to themselves, but they don't have the confidence to voice it out because they were fear of that social rejection. And that's why mm. social rejection is actually one of the sources that contribute to your self-confidence. So I'm curious, has Melody actually experienced Experience any rejection whenever you raise your opinion or whatever and someone rejected it or you know just slam it back to you I think you need to see whether that person's rejection is genuinely um has a ground to reject you yeah and just to understand why did they reject it and if it's nothing personal I think it's just to learn to respect other people's decision because they have a different perspective and knowing that they also want that task to be delivered in the best way or, you know, if they want the end results to be the best, then I think it's just understanding and respecting other people's opinion and perspective and actions. But if that person's rejection is an act of um, selfishness or it's almost like a personal attack, then that's something that I probably won't respect. I guess the reason why Mel has like confidence in voicing up and keep doing it, it's because she doesn't take it, any result personally. Like whether the person values your acknowledge your mm-hmm. insight or reject you, dismiss you, you don't regard that as 
anything to do with you. And that's why I would only get irritated if it's a personal attack. What about um, Vivian? Do you have the same confidence level when you're in a social setting as such? I want to share like how I build confidence from something that I was so scared of. It's public speaking. Mm. So when I was in school, I was always afraid of speaking up because you worry about whether your grammar is wrong, whether it's stupid, as you just said, um, because I was a very insecure child. But then whenever I see, you know, YouTube videos, I see those public speakers and I get so mesmerized by them because they're so charming, you know, like they have some huge ideas and then their tone of voice. Oh, and then I told myself I want to be them. So starting from a very young age, I strive to learn, you know, like how to get rid of that Hong Kong accent when I'm speaking English by listening to a lot of like pop music. Um, and then I talk to myself in the mirror I slowly built my confidence. Slowly, you get recognized by your instructors in college. They're like, if you want to look at presentation skills, look at Vivian. Those reinforcements mm. from the mm. external parties play a huge part. If you're asking like right now, um, I guess the one thing that I'm still not confident in doing is anything numbers related. Any like analytical cases that I have to do at work right now, like even though I think it's right, but then when I present it to someone, I'm always saying that, let me know if I'm wrong. I'm open to any constructive criticism. And that is something that I'm still working on. But do you think um, the reason why you're scared of numbers is because it's a new unfamiliar industry or a practice or skills that you, you're just yet to develop? That is interesting. Because it's not something that you might not be great at. It's just that you're new to that. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's because my math is always bad growing up. When I was, I think, seven, like in school, my performance in math was like downhill. And then math was always a challenge for me. Even though when I was taking the public exam or anything related to math or anything related to money, even like finance, I'm always scared of it. So I guess that lack of confidence towards numbers was rooted very long time ago. And then now I finally built the confidence to just try out things, not math in general. I took a leap of faith and saying yes to this job. I'm like, let's try. <laughs> yeah. I could see two different confidence here. Like the first confident of doing numbers and maths, you are pretty low in that because of your childhood experience yeah. and everything. But there's another confidence that's actually pretty strong and high that you think you have the ability to learn and catch up. And hence, yeah. you took the job. So I would like to dig deeper in that adventurous Vivian that is bold enough to take the task that she's not That's confident in. That's quite a in. compliment. Thank you. <laughs> so what makes you that confident in jumping into things that you are not confident in? Perhaps your upbringing? It's actually quite opposite of what Rita just said, you know, like the lack of confidence in math definitely rooted back in my childhood, but the adventurous side of me, I think it's really the outcome of what I've been trying to do the past three, four years on myself. So I find myself the happiest when I tried something new. Even I failed, uh, I still get that sense of reward. And while I'm trying those new things, I get the adrenaline the excitement. So that's like positive reinforcement, I guess. And then also like you guys, like, I think you guys always push me to do like new things. <laughs> so I guess that's also a contributing factor. 
Yeah, totally. Positive reinforcement from external world or even within yourself is one of the sources that build your confidence. But the flip side of the coin, if we consistently setting unachievable high standard for ourselves, we might have the tendency of not reaching and hence result in a negative experience of that trial. So how do you find the perfect threshold for yourself when you're trying something new? How do you set the line of achieving that you would feel achieved? I think it's knowing that I've tried. Mm -hmm. I think it's the knowing that I paid the effort to seek information, to talk to different people. um, And you've expanded your horizon, I guess. But there's no one thing that, you know, like I need to get XX approval or I need to get a tap on the the, Mm. the back. So regardless of the result, once you have tried enough, you have the confidence to do it again, even if it's a failure. I think if it's repeated failure, then you need to reflect. I don't think self-confident is the only driving factors of you trying to do that thing or trying to do one task. Mm. I think it's almost like a booster for you to achieve something. I think what Rita is trying to get to is that it's like when we touched on self-worth previously, I think in season one. Um, But I would like if it's like a constant repetitive rejection, it won't hurt my confidence, but it will it will hurt my self-worth. That is very interesting. Now that I I am picturing like how I handle failure. I would say that I would actually shaken both my self-confidence and my self-worth. But I think my self-confidence is slightly stronger compared to my self-worth. Because self-worth is like if you're tapping into a new field, for example, you have less knowledge on that subject. Whereas confidence, at least for me, is positioned slightly deeper in me. Yeah, that was my question to Vivian. That's getting interesting. Like why... Which your self-worth being shaken, but not the confidence. Self-worth to me is a very intimate concept. It ties to, you know, like my personality, my character, relationship, achievements. But confidence for me, it's like how the world or how other people perceive me. So I don't need to feel confident to appear confident. Even when I step into a meeting room, if I'm scared and I'm like, you know, shaking inside, I will still, you know, do hero poses in the bathroom and it's just give me a little boost and I go to it. I think confidence to me is more like being brave into like knowing that you're scared, but you still do it. I'm interested to understand more because you said that when you think about self-confidence is very much career driven when it comes to social interactions. How does that self-confidence look like to you? Why do I need confidence around people? Because when I think about confidence in a social setting, I already picture all the scary networking events that I attended before. And, you know, like you're worried about like how you sound. You worry about, you know, whether the topics that you're talking about is important for them. You Mm -hmm. know, like I already picture that. I don't. But these are your confidence facing unfamiliar people. What about with your family, with your close friends? I don't even think about that, actually. I guess confidence to me is like in a midst of difficult circumstances. And that's when confidence comes to play. I don't right. think about comfortable scenarios like watching TV with my friends. Yeah, of like course. I don't need confidence in that. But it seems like you associate confidence with negative or high pressured events. Right. 
because a lot of people would be scared and they're not confident in attending that networking event. But for me, I have that confidence that I will survive. I might not impress like one single person, but I will feel better after I attend it. So I will still go. So that's when I noticed that my confidence is high. I think that's pretty normal to tie confidence to highly stressful and difficult situations because those are scenarios that will have your self-confidence challenged. Yeah. I would say that I actually react or have more emotions when I experience something that I'm not that familiar with or something that's out of the comfort zone. What exactly are those situations? Yeah. It might be a really silly example, but yesterday one of my team asked me to go to the closest gas station uh, to top up gas for a taxi. I was in an area that I've I've barely been. When he first told me to help him with that task, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. But I was like, you know what? I'm sure that I can, I'm more than capable of driving. And Hong Kong is so small. Yeah. You know, just do it. I had one moment of feeling like not as confident. And then once I jumped into the car, I was absolutely fine. So I think there were moments like that, that I could witness my confident level varied. That is what I want to touch on and try to establish the link. As Vivian's uh, example earlier, you have a task that you have less confident in, but you have the confidence to do the thing that you're not confident in. These are like the two layers that I would like to establish the link. And I would like to dive into why you have the confidence to jump into those tasks. Now that I think about it, I think we are not confident in doing scary or unfamiliar tasks is that we're confident in our problem solving skills. I think that is a skill that we've built over the years in different industries. Like whether for me, if like I started my own fashion label or in branding industry, and then time and time again, I get recognition over time. So I think now that I apply that confidence to different areas of my life, I think that's a good way to sum up. The way I see confident, for example, is almost like a pie chart. We've always used like a pie chart as an example to explain to our audience of mm. how we see different things. Mm. And with confident, I think as a whole, it's like a circle, right? Like a pie chart, many different sectors to it. So as a whole, say I am a very confident person as a whole, but there are also segments of my pie chart that I'm not so confident in. Mm. I could see that Mel kind of convey a message that she is a pretty confident person. So did you have an environment that shaped you when you were a childhood? Because actually the majority of our self-confidence was formed and built during childhood. Were your parents pretty supportive when you try new things or were they having your backs all the time when you made mistakes? These are factors that usually shape self-confidence and that would bring on to the adulthood. A hundred percent. I think as a kid, I not only have observed the behavior and attitudes that my parents have and how they act at different scenarios and the actions of confidence. It's something that I definitely have witnessed as a kid. But apart from that, when I was super young and still studying in Hong Kong, I actually got bullied by um, some people in school. And I think having that experience actually made me more confident now. I, I think reflecting back to my experience of being bullied in school, it really has helped me to get 
more confident as a person. And I guess a great example is that I voiced up at the end of it. I went through a phase where one of my classmates, she was just like constantly putting in complaints to one of our teacher. And I was just so confused of why I was getting complaints. I didn't even have the confidence to question my teacher of why I got bullied. Mm. And I was just being manipulated by that person for a very long time. I had my mom catching me in the morning, crying in the living room, and then was on the phone and begging my classmate not to like put in the complaint. (sighs) And then I was just in a position where I was so confused and I felt like I had no confidence. I didn't know what to do. The wake up call was that my mom caught me crying and then she asked me what happened. And then I said nothing. And then when she repeatedly asked for a few more times, I was like, I'm in trouble in school because one of my classmates made a couple of complaints of me. Mm -hmm. And then my mom was like, oh, what was she making complaints on? And I was like, I don't know. And then, you know, what happened was that I finally had a day and I went up to the teacher and asked her, like, what's the reason that I'm here? That's when I realized that I was just being manipulated. So till this day, I still, till this day, I still can't remember exactly like the reason why I was. My goodness. In that room. Yeah. Wow. And that's the importance of voicing up. (laughs) Exactly. And I think I'm so glad that I voiced up and and I saw that actually, you know what? I was so fearful in the past weeks because I felt like I did something wrong. Yeah. But the problem, the root of the problem was that I didn't even know like what I did wrong. And so I voiced up and by voicing up, I realized that actually having that experience very early on made me realize just a very simple concept that if you're not sure about something or if there's something that you morally don't think is right, voice up, ask questions, and then that would bring you somewhere. And I think that's a big experience actually contributed to the confidence that I had in primary school. Yeah. When I met you, you already have that impression on me that you're so active you're so brave to voicing up yeah yeah I remember when I was in the same class with you you're always you know when there's something that she doesn't understand she just went straight to she just like raised her hand and be like I don't get this I'm like wow like this girl is like fearless (laughs) and it was so nice because I didn't have that I didn't have that until recent years to be honest it's interesting because after that event of being bullied yeah I actually stepped up and I remember I saw other people that being bullied yeah and I actually kind of stepped into their situation and basically told off some people of like stop bullying some people I gave them a briefing I honestly don't remember (laughs) the exact event but I just remember after my own experience yeah I again felt like there was a sense of justice that I need to help other people (laughs) to not get bullied and I think it was a great experience I think all these events adds up and make me a more confident person yeah there are a lot of contributing factors to how ones actually build their confidence yeah so I think looking at my parents behavior that they also are the type of people especially my dad that would say things at maybe not so appropriate events sometimes but sometimes or most of the time would be at appropriate timings Mm. um and I saw that he had that behavior of doing things for the situation or doing or voicing up for the better good Mm. I think that is definitely an attitude that I have embedded in me. What does it look like, you know, your parents being confident? It's almost like a sense of justice. We finally got the answer regarding why Mel was so confident in being her true self and also voicing up her thoughts or insights. 
It is actually through the childhood learning and observation because when her parents did that, as a child, she interpreted that image or that action as a sense of justice. And hence, that became a foundation of her confidence right now or even her belief system in that matter. But I have a different point of view. Um, Sorry, Rita. Um, It's that, you know, like I also consider myself... I'm very confident in voicing my opinions, whether it's in a workplace or in relationships. But I didn't experience what Mel experienced while she was a child. Growing up, I think at school, I didn't get bullied. I'm very fortunate, but I felt being bullied. I guess the feeling of being excluded uh, from a lot of, you know, cool people at school. And also the education that I experienced was constant rejection. I'm not sure if the audience is familiar with the Hong Kong education system. There are some schools that purposely make the test or quiz more difficult so that you feel the urgency or they just want to spark that motivation in you to keep getting better. But then that actually made my confidence in myself so low, so low that I till this day have a big fear of failure. But I guess the confidence that I have right now to voice up my needs, it's because I aspire to be like those people, those cool women in the movies, you know, like they're wearing a suit, they're like trying to, you know, make a name of themselves. And I find them so attractive that I tried living like that early adulthood and I get positive reinforcement that made me have that confidence right now to not even think about or not even worry about how I sound or what other people would think of me. So I think that's two different paths mm. in achieving Building. this, yeah, in achieving this confidence. Exactly. There are actually quite a number of sources that your confidence could be formed from. I'm wondering, there's one of the pretty common sources of self-confidence is your interpretation of others' expectation in society. For example, your siblings, your friends, the authority. How are your encounter with those people in your workplace or in daily life or whatever? Interesting question. How would I interpret their expectation on me? Yeah, because the reality, the expectation might not be the same as how you take in. Um, When I was working in the corporate world, I felt like when there were more uh, managerial levels, I felt like I had to chase for certain people's recognition or that I want to make sure my what I deliver would exceed or at least meet their expectations. Whereas now leaving my previous job and actually working with my family, I think I have a complete different take on the question that Rita actually just asked. I previously felt like I needed to show more of my confidence in order to show that I'm more than capable to deliver and be great at my job. And now I don't know if it's me growing as a person that I genuinely don't care about people's um, opinion as much. Mm. I would treasure or I would respect and I would take in opinions from people that I respect a lot. I guess I can share a recent work example, which just happened yesterday. So basically, during times like this, um, the F&B logistics business really, it's taking its advantage under COVID. So a lot of the clients the past week are just more demanding as usual. And it's super crazy. And then one of my vendors went straight past me and contacted the 
every upper managed team member tried to locate me when I just didn't answer his WhatsApp message for 12 hours. Of course, it didn't feel good when my team lead just messaged me and be like, hey, like, are you answering his messages? And I implied that as she thinks that I didn't take good care of my accounts. I wouldn't say my confidence took a big hit, I guess, because I've established an adequate amount of confidence in myself and my ability in doing a good job when I sense that she has this unrealistic expectation on me to, you know, like reply to everyone, to cater to every vendor's needs 24-7. I kind of explained myself and then I just being really straight with her. I was like, if this is the expectation that you set on this role, then I really don't think I can do it. But I guess when she's trying to send me screenshots after screenshots of my fender's messages to, you know, the director or my other department heads, my confidence definitely got challenged. And then it really took me a lot of time to, you know, like center myself and really think about the root of the problem and whether that expectation is realistic. Mm -hmm. And I have to choose whether to stand up for myself. If I were you, there's so many reflective points of, first of all, maybe reassurance or um, comforting words were not being given to your clients in advance. Or it could be that your clients, he or she doesn't know you well enough of how mm. you could be capable of managing this situation. There's so many, I think there's so many errors. It's not only your self-confident that should be doubted of, but at that heated moment, you probably just thought, maybe I'm just not great at this. Mm. But I'm sure there's so many contributing factors to this. Mm. I think it's very intricate line between confidence and how personally you take that subject, whether it's math or voicing up your needs into letting them shake your judgment towards yourself. But I guess that's the line that we have to make on ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. of course, like even though I'm confident, I know my limitations, right? Having limitations on your capabilities doesn't mean that you have a low confidence. I think it's the, you being able to own up to it and just make peace with it and know like when you need help, when is, mm -hmm. what is something that you're not capable in doing or not comfortable doing. I think that also helps shape my confidence. It's not saying yes to everything, but what you say no to. There are lots of layers and dimensions in this topic, self-confidence. It's impossible to cram everything in this episode, but we will definitely have more opportunities in the future to touch on that. So what's your take in this episode? That's all for today's episode of The Root of Self-Confidence. Join us again next time when we talk about how to build confidence. Thank you for tuning in and let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Unlabeling Effect. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes and give us a rating. Until then, dare to feel, dare to be real.